0: I have a friend who's a real pig, and whenever I get back from an exotic trip, his only question is... How were the women? In Syria. How were the women? At Chernobyl. How were the women? At Arlington National Cemetery. How were the women? Putting aside physical beauty, there are certain countries where women present themselves much better than the men. In places like Albania, Romania, and for that matter, Pennsylvania, you'll see fat dudes in t-shirts and jeans accompanying women dressed like they're going to the People's Choice Awards. These women in Eastern Europe will do their hair, full makeup, put on dresses and high heels just to sweep the sidewalk or hang wet laundry. These are poor countries where there's not money for a nice home or a decent car, but just enough disposable income to doll up one member of the couple. Things get even stranger in Pakistan, where much of American and European apparel are made. Clothes are so cheap there that you'll see women wearing elaborately beaded and brocaded gowns to pick olives. They do farm work in dresses you'd get married in. Because, (laughs) why not? None of this addresses my pig friend's question about physical attractiveness. And to make it slightly less piggish, I'll address general beauty male and female. Despite what you've learned from Borat movies, the people of Kazakhstan are gorgeous. It's at the crossroads of Europe, Asia, and India, and they got the best of all worlds. And the Swedes are just as good looking as everyone says. Many men look like Chris Hemsworth, And many women look like Charlie's throne. Of course, neither of them are Swedish. He's Australian and she's South African. But they're both yummy, so let it go. But my pick for the most attractive people, men, women, and children, is Ethiopia. I once blurted to an Ethiopian man, you are the most beautiful people on Earth. And he said, yes we know ethiopians are tall and slim graceful with radiant smiles they have high model's cheekbones so sharp you could cut a sandwich with them maybe not a club sandwich or something on a hard roll but anything with two slices of bread like a grilled cheese sandwich maybe with a slice of onion no tomato but the best sandwich i ever had (laughs) no sorry The best feature of the Ethiopians is their huge coal black eyes. You see this in their religious art, where dark-skinned Jesus and his apostles sport afros and giant puppy eyes right out of a Walter Keene painting. The churches, by the way, are one of the must-see attractions of Ethiopia. They look like the great cathedrals of Europe, but they weren't built. They were sculpted out of solid rock, doors, windows, columns, roofs, all one giant piece of stone sitting inside the quarries they were carved from. I attended a church service where they kept sacred oil in an antifreeze jug and sprinkled holy water from a Wesson bottle. It was a truly Christian form of frugality. The Ethiopians don't just recycle, they reuse. That Evian bottle you threw away is now filled with gasoline, which they sell at roadside stands to motorcyclists. Not far from these stone churches, you can see another pretty sacred site. The The Ark Ark of of the the Covenant. Covenant! The actual Ark! As in Raiders of the Lost. The old Nazi face melter itself. It's housed inside a modest Ethiopian church the size of a two-car garage. Did I get to see it? No. Has the head of the Ethiopian church seen it? No. But they claim it's been there for 3,000 years, guarded by virgin monks. Who? Virgin monks? I'm scared. How did the Ark wind up in Ethiopia? Well, sooner or later... Everything winds up in Ethiopia. Remember how big foosball was in the 70s and 80s? It was in every bar, every arcade, every college dorm. All those beat up old foosball tables made it to Ethiopia. They sit outdoors lining the back roads of the country and everybody plays them. Foosball is the national non-sport of Ethiopia. It's also where our old clothes go to die. The merchandise that thrift shops can't sell is shipped to Africa. You can visit the remotest villages in this country and see locals wearing Houston Astros sweatshirts and Drexel University t-shirts. I saw an old man sporting a red Century 21 blazer and no shirt. Mostly though, they get our old ugly Christmas sweaters. The kids run around in sweaters adorned with snowflakes in a country where it has never ever snowed. And they're adorable. Ethiopian children glow like angels. These are kids who have nothing, who live in houses made of mud and sticks, but they're always smiling. And they run everywhere. They have absolutely nowhere to go, but they get there fast. As my tour bus left one village, local kids ran alongside it to wave goodbye. Two miles down the road, I looked out the window and saw they were still running alongside us, keeping pace with the bus. While they look like angels, there's a little devil to them. From village to village, kids will approach you with a worn Xerox sheet of paper asking for money to buy school books. This scam, and it is a scam, is so old it reached the second level. Soon, kids were handing out a sheet reading
1: Earlier, request for school book money was a fraud. This one is real. Here is the book I intend to buy with your contribution.
0: In another village, it reached a third level. Children claiming to
1: hold school books they bought with your money are lying. They return the book after they get your money. I encourage you to write your name on my textbook so you know I can never return it.
0: They keep adding deception and double-cross, reaching a level of complexity somewhere between the movies Inception and Tenet. But it's cute, it fools no one, and it's worth the two bucks it'll cost you. I left rural Ethiopia and headed to the nation's capital, Addis Ababa. It's fun to say, but no one calls it that.
1: Residents of Addis Ababa call their city adis
0: we checked into a very nice hotel in Addis. previous guests had included bill and hillary clinton it was a modern place with all the bells and whistles just no water the water was like a grand dame of the theater and only came on when it felt like it we were in the dining room enjoying a typical ethiopian meal Rich beef stew served with creepy sponge-like bread. When the manager ran to our table, The water's about to come on! Run to your rooms! Shower! Shower! I had the feeling he provided a similar service to Bill Clinton when he stayed there. Hillary's coming back to their room! Whoever's in there, get her out quickly, quickly! We dashed up four flights of stairs to our room, stripping off our clothes on the way. We jumped in the shower together, only to hear the manager say, You're too late! You missed it. Still, Ethiopia is a trip I'd recommend to anyone. And I know some of you are thinking,
1: Isn't there a famine there?
0: Well, there was. 35 years ago. To put it in perspective, when Ethiopia had its famine, the top toys in America were verbots and wuzzles. And I don't know what the fuck either of those are. It's part of our natural inclination to learn one bad thing about a country and then remember it forever. For example, I was warned about going to Colombia because of Pablo Escobar, a man who'd been dead for 28 years. Ethiopia is prone to food shortages and droughts, but the people I met all seemed fit and healthy. There was even one fat guy, just one, but he was Jonah Hill when he was fat, fat, and he walked through the streets of Addis eating a big sub sandwich and loving his life. People were actually cheering the guy as he walked by. Famine could kiss his big fat ass. Now that you know what to call Addis Ababa, Addis, let me take you to some other places and teach you their local nickname. At the opposite end of the African continent lies South Africa. It's another place I was warned not to visit because of apartheid, a horrible institution that had ended 22 years before. I even played Sun City. It's a casino and I lost 800 South African Rand there. I was in Johannesburg to give a speech. I told the hotel concierge I wanted to visit the local art museum. Can I walk there? I asked.
1: Oh, no, no, no,
0: that's too dangerous. So I should take a cab? No, that's even worse. So you're saying if I want to see the museum, I'd have to be born there? That would be best. Johannesburg is a dangerous place so dangerous they are actually competitive with neighboring Cape Town over who has worse crime. I give the edge to Johannesburg because they did something I've never seen another city do. They abandoned their downtown. I don't mean they let it slide into ruin, they just bailed on it. The central business district is several square blocks of gleaming skyscrapers. When it got too dangerous to work in, local businesses moved to the suburbs, setting up a new downtown there. The old district is now overrun with squatters and it's positively post-apocalyptic. There are shining high-rises with trash can fires on the roof and laundry hanging out of every tinted glass window. It seemed very dangerous but I wasn't worried. I saw smartly uniformed tourist police everywhere. They were helping visitors with luggage and inspecting tour buses. Later I learned there's no such thing as tourist police. These were criminals, well-dressed, uniformed criminals. It's a shame because Johannesburg boasts one of the world's great zoos, which is kind of a waste because just outside of town is a bigger, better zoo. It's called Africa, specifically Kruger National Park, which is bigger than Israel.
1: The nickname for
0: Johannesburg
1: is Joburg.
0: Malaysia is an absolutely wonderful country with no particular reason to visit it. We were lured there by their firefly tourism. You sail down a river at night and see maybe 50 fireflies. That's more than I can see in Manhattan. It's about what I could see in Brooklyn. It's a lot less than I'd see in Queens. Still, it got me there. Now what? Well, Malaysia threw up a bunch of little museums to entertain tourists a glass museum a gold museum a ghost museum a glow-in-the-dark museum there are museums dedicated to toys tech and tunnels there's an owl museum and the meowsium of cat art and those are just in one city penang Malaysia is a crossroads for world cuisine. The food is wonderful and a common greeting is, what did you eat today? Nonetheless, they seem most obsessed with their durians. Huge swaths of the country are devoted to growing these so-called fruits. They are lopsided bowling balls covered with sharp spikes and they stink like rotten meat. There are signs in every hotel saying no durians and every salesman makes the same joke.
1: Tastes like heaven. Stink like hell.
0: And I agree, except for the taste like heaven part. They use durians in cookies and shakes and candies and cakes, and it's all like biting into a fart. They offend nearly every sense. Taste, smell, vision, touch. Everything about them urges you not to eat them. The Japanese cannot get enough. Literally the biggest attraction in Malaysia is the Petronas Towers, a double skyscraper in Kuala Lumpur. The Petronas Towers are like the Winklevoss twins. They're huge, there's two of them, and they were impressive 15 years ago. Up to 2004, the Petronas Towers were the tallest buildings in the world. Now they're tied for 17th place.
1: The capital of Malaysia is
0: Kuala Lumpur. Locals call it KL. Ho Chi Minh City is the fastest moving place on earth. It left me a nervous wreck and I live in Times Square, New York. The streets of this Vietnamese city are choked with motorbikes moving at breakneck speed. Some carry a family of five, others carry a bushel of hay or a dozen squawking geese in cages. If you need to get across the street, well, you can't. Give it up. Make other plans.
1: Saigon formally changed its name to Ho Chi Minh City 35 years ago. Everyone who lives there still calls it Saigon.
0: Sacramento is the capital of California.
1: No one knows why. People who live in Sacramento call it Sacramento. What Am I Doing Here was written and performed by Mike Reese and produced by Josh Perillo. Additional voices by Mi yoon Krishensky and Trevor Morris, Mike's funny doorman.